You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Mike Lynch. What's going on? This is Rashad. This is the Sports Sunday Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. It is now brought to you on the fan by your local Les Schwab Tire Centers. Doing the right thing since 1952. Weekends were made for sports. How would you like to play for the New England Patriots? I'd love to. A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. Everyone, meet freelance alien bounty hunter, Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp? The football guy? Yeah, I hunt aliens now. Used to catch TDs, now I catch ETs. You ever caught an alien, Shannon? Not yet, Mr. Question, but I'll let you know when I do. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. Oh, isn't this wonderful? Look at this room. What a beautiful room. Have you seen this room? Yes, we're in it. And Rashad Taylor. Okay, dude, I can see you don't want to be cheered up here. Come on, Donnie, let's go get us a lane. On ESPN Sports Radio 1080, The Fan. Hour two of two here on Sports Sunday. Mike Lynch and Jesse Osmond with you today. Rashad is out sick this morning. He should be back next week. Spent a lot of the first hour talking about the NBA and the Blazers, and I do have a little quick Blazers segment here before we switch gears uh, into the rest of the hour. But um, we'll have the podcast up, Les Schwab Tires podcast, after the show, so you can go ahead and listen if you missed it. And keep texting the Bridgeport Beers text line at 55305. Did get this text there. Blazers will get 49 wins, maybe get to the second round, but they're nowhere close to Golden State. Well, of course, they're not close to Golden State. And 49 wins this year, if they do get that, might still be a six or a seven seed. And that means you're likely going to be playing the Rockets or the Spurs, which is going to be a tough series nonetheless. But it really does depend how the West is. Because remember last year, 41 wins, they made it as the eighth seed, and it was a down year in the West because when they had, what was it, 40 nine wins the year before they were able they were only in like the five seed and if the west got better then that might be a little bit tougher to do as well this text says if nurk plays 70 they win 50 of those i think 50 plus wins i think it's really tough to say the blazers go 50 and 20 with nurkic there i understand the trying to to make the the little sample size from last year larger because I think they went, what, like 15-5 and five with him in the 20 games they had with him there. But um, that's a little bit too much for me. 50 wins, mm, no, I don't think so. But uh, somewhere in the 40s, I think, is a reasonable number. So that little 40-and-a-half to 38-and-a-half over-under we saw from Vegas, I'd go ahead and pick the over on that one. Well, I, I would, too. You know, the it's it's where I, I've been thinking about this more and more and more and more and more. And, and you have to approach the thinking of, a full season with Nurk with caution and what he can give this team at the same time, looking through those Nurk colored glasses can paint a pretty picture for you. The idea being that he gives you, if he comes out and he plays anywhere near what he did last year in those 20 games, he gives you a legitimate big three with CJ and Dame. He elevated this team to a top 10 team in the NBA when he came. And that was an out-of-shape guy from Denver that the by the fourth quarter was gassed. When we played Golden State in the playoffs, you saw a banged-up Nurk in the 
in the third game that literally is hobbling out there on a broken leg, not playing well, made that team better. He instantly elevates this team. He gives you something that you haven't had in years and a legitimate big man that can not only rebound and play defensively, but can actually score as well. So when you think about what he does for this team, he does elevate it. And there's no reason why you shouldn't be, I don't know, betting on the over, um, 48, 50 wins. Maybe right now in the West, that might be a little bit. I'd hopeful. say it'd be safe to maybe predict somewhere from like 43 to 45. That's seems that's kind of like a, as well. a stable number. Um, the Blazers, though, still might not be done, and we we don't really hear much from outside of Blazer headquarters. They do a very good job of keeping tight everything tightly sealed. They don't let a lot of rumors out unless they want the rumors out. Uh, this came from a guy on Twitter who isn't exactly a source that you would trust. It's a J Sports underscore ENT. However, he has had reliable people say that his info is correct. So take again, take for what you will. But the rumor was. A three-team trade to get Melo to the Rockets, including the Blazers, would be the Blazers sending Mo Harkless and Myers Leonard to New York. They would get Ryan Anderson from the Rockets, and then the Rockets would get Carmelo Anthony from the Knicks. This doesn't exactly fix your cap problem, your luxury tax problem. Um, if it is, in fact, a problem, because you know Paul Allen might just be okay with paying it. What it does do is it opens up another roster spot, and it gets you a guy who is a good stretch four who you know, isn't exactly a great player, but what it does is it gets rid of Myers Leonard, which I know a lot of fans like, and it also just... it. I, I think what it is is it gets you a better player than Moe and Myers, and it gets you one more roster spot to do something with if you really want. So... That's the rumor. It was in very preliminary discussions. I don't think it's going to happen, uh, or if it does, then then fine. But it's just one of those things. The Blazers were finally tied to something, which we haven't seen. And I think a lot of Blazer fans just want something to happen, right? There's been a million moves this offseason, it feels like, and the Blazers have not been involved in any of them in outside of trading away Tim Quarterman. And... I think Blazer fans just want something, and this would be something, and it does involve removing Myers Leonard from the team, which a lot of Blazer fans would like. So text your thoughts to the Bridgeport Bears text line, 55305 on that trade. You know, I'm, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of in the middle. I'm not exactly super opinionated about the trade. I, I like it because I like Ryan Anderson as a player. I think it's good to have a stretch four who uh, can hit a three, who will be there to hit a shot if you need him. Uh, Noah Vonley is not that player. Noah Vonley is an inside player. He can hit the shot, obviously, but he's Ryan Anderson is a good shooter. And if you do that trade, if it is anything, then uh, sure, why not? I'll take it. The salaries matched because he makes 20 mil, and then Myers and Mo both make 10 mil, so the salaries would match. Uh, if that's the thing that you want to do, sure, why not? You want to get rid of a couple of players that you don't want on the team anymore? Sure. Uh, it'd be something, right? Well, uh, you know, I look at it this way. Um well, let's go back to the career arc here. Um, this is one of the youngest teams, if not the youngest team in the NBA. We're, we're not quite sure based on what LA is right now and everything, but uh, one of the youngest teams in the NBA. So that that means you don't like hearing this as a fan, but you have time. You have, you have time for these guys to be successful and get to where you want to go, and that's 
ultimately a Western Conference championship and a, a trip to the NBA Finals. Now, right now with where Golden State is, are you catching them anytime soon? Probably not. You probably have at least another two or three years where they are what they are right now. What you've been hearing in the Eastern Conference, you've been hearing about a team like the Boston Celtics where they have all this talent, but not quite enough to beat LeBron James. Now, they went Gordon Hayward, and a lot of people still think not enough to beat Cleveland, but eventually LeBron James is going to fall off. He's only a couple more years of playing or a year or whatever playing at this level. That that gives this perfect timetable for Boston to kind of swoop in and be the best team in the East once LeBron James starts tailing off. At some point, Golden State, all these guys are going to kind of get sick of winning championships and not making as much money as they can, and somebody is going to leave the big four, you know, whether it's Draymond Green or whatever. They're going to probably going to be able to go somewhere else to make more money, and this isn't going to stay the way it is forever. At that point, Golden State will start falling back to earth. They'll get sick of paying the luxury tax, and a team that has been building and waiting and growing Let's say the Blazers, like they've been talking about, now is in that opportunity, is in that that window to make that leap. So we're a couple of years from if if they stand pat, and it's frustrating as a as a fan, but you're a couple of years away from where you could feasibly make a championship window. I think the one problem with that is Damian Lillard is entering his prime right now. Right? What are the prime years for an NBA player? 26 to 33, you know, and some players will play better as they get older, but that's generally the prime. And I'm, I'm even being a little generous there up to 33. That's exactly where Damian Lillard is entering right now. And you're saying three or four years. Well, gives them about a two or three year left in Dame's prime. Yes. That is essentially Dame's prime. Yeah. That's tough to do. And Oh yeah. Don't forget. Dame is going to be a free agent again. And he has preached loyalty and he has preached his want to stay here. But so is every other player that's been in a hometown market that they started in, in their career. And most of them get a little smell of another, another bit of money or another city and they, they they'll leave. We saw it with Gordon Hayward, right? I'm sure he preached about how much he loved Salt Lake city, but Hey, Boston came calling. So uh, this is way down the line. Right. And I actually do believe Damian Lillard wants to stay here. I'm just saying that is always a possibility that at the end of his re his re-upped extension, which is what four years left now, um, that could be a possibility as well. So you gotta you gotta be thinking about all these things when you're making these moves, and you gotta be careful. That so. gives them about one or two years in that that window. Maybe with, with Dame. Maybe maybe. So just just a thought. So it, it'll be it'll be tough, and that's you're right. It doesn't exactly tie into that model, but. I think Ryan Anderson is a good player. So, hey, text your thoughts on the trade uh, Bridgeport Bears, uh, trade rumors, I should say. Bridgeport Bears, text line 55305. Coming up next, we switch gears to some baseball. Home run derby is tomorrow. And the All-Star game is Tuesday. Do you have any interest this year and why you should? This is Tenny to the Fan. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Richard on 1080 The Fan. Ten twenty-one here on your Sunday morning. We're taking you all the way till 11 a.m. today, so just 40 minutes to go. Mike Lynch and Jesse Osmond with you today. Rashad Taylor is out sick, so wish him well on Twitter. He's at TaylorMade503 if you want to go follow him and wish him well there. 
Uh, we're going to switch gears. Talked a lot, a lot of NBA to start the show, as that is the biggest news of this time of year. But also going on at this time of year is Major League Baseball. And the All-Star Week is this week. The Home Run Derby is actually tomorrow, which kind of snuck up on us here, as today is the last day of games before the All-Star break. But um, I think it's interesting because we were talking about this before the show, Jesse and I, and we were discussing how the Home Run Derby has kind of taken over for the dunk contest in, in a way that the stars are involved, and it's something that people like to watch during the All-Star Week. This year, during the uh, Home Run Derby, you're going to see Giancarlo Stanton. You're going to see Aaron Judge. You're going to see Cody Bellinger. Um, you're going to see, I'm forgetting one one guy, I'll look it up quickly here, but you're going to see a lot of the, the players that people are talking about in uh, in 2017. All You're going to see the two biggest named rookies that everyone's talking about in Aaron Judge and Cody Bellinger. And uh, you're going to see the Giancarlo Stanton, who's one of the best home run hitters in in baseball, and he's the defending champion. Uh, who am I forgetting? Who is? Oh my God! This is not this is not working for me. Online is not working. Um, you, you Miguel Sano is going to be there, and there's going to be other guys who are really good power hitters who are going to be there. But what's interesting to me is it's still not fully filled with huge names, right? It's still not fully filled with the best hitters in the game. Like Bryce Harper's not in the home run derby, right? Chris Bryant's not in the home run derby. You're seeing guys like Justin Bohr, who hits a lot of homers, but he's on the Marlins, and who cares? You're going to see a guy like Mike Moustakis, who Royals fans like a lot, but in general doesn't cause a lot of buzz in baseball. You know, that's who you're also going to see. And it's like this weird mix of I want the home run derby to turn into – this field of eight hitters who are awesome, who are the top of the line hitters who may not be leading the MLB in home runs, but who are going to be drawing fans to the spectacle of the home run derby. And I think we're getting close to that because the new, the new format is a bracket and you, there's a face off and it's exciting. And we saw it last year and it was actually really interesting. But if we could have Bryce Harper instead of Justin Bohr, like, come on. Let's do that. It's already like halfway there. Let's just get it that one more step further. And all of a sudden, I feel like even non-baseball fans will watch the Home Run Derby because you want to go see Harper and Judge and Stanton and all these guys. Well, outside of when Boston won the World Series in 04, the most memorable baseball moment I have, and this is coming as a person who's just not even a real baseball fan, was that year that McGuire and Sosa – um, we're having the home run chase and they were in the home run derby and they just kept smacking them out of the yard over and over and over and over. That's like you had the best home run hitters in the game hitting balls out of the park. And that is that as, as it's not a game, but it is it, vivid, riveting TV. It Practice. really is not a game. Practice. Practice. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's really good TV. And if you remember, I want to say like three or four years ago, maybe a little longer. It was the Josh Hamilton show at the old Yankee stadium where he just hit Homer after Homer. and He didn't even win the home run derby because of stupid rules. But that's why I think this one is a, is a cool format now because of the bracket, because you get these head head to head matchups and you don't lose 
because you ran out of juice in the final round and Justin Moore no hits nine home runs and wins because you were tired after hitting like 29. Um, you go head to head and it's, it's competitive and it's interesting. So I don't know. I feel like the MLB is getting it right here. And I am a guy who hates the all-star games in general. I mean, the pro bowl sucks. I don't really like NBA all-star weekend that much. Uh, the dunk contest has lost its luster three point contest. Eh, it's fine. And I don't even watch the NHL all-star games, but MLB, I feel like it's the best of the bunch. And maybe it's cause I'm a baseball fan, but the home run derby is always interesting. And I think they're fine. They're making it even more interesting now, which I think is a plus on the flip side of that though, is the all-star game where they have changed the rule once again to where it now no longer matters. The all-star game does not give you home field advantage in the world series. Now I know a lot of baseball fans hated the rule. I know a lot of non-baseball fans hated the rule because they felt like it was a cheap way to make the all-star game more interesting. And it kind of hurt maybe in some years, the better team from getting home field advantage. Remember last year, the Indians had home field advantage, uh, but the Cubs were the better team. However, I will go out and say this, and I'm, it's maybe an unpopular opinion. I liked the rule in the all-star game. I wanted the all-star game to matter. If you watch the all-star game, when they implemented the rule of making home field advantage, the, the winner, the games actually got a little intense at the end. Now it's still an exhibition game, but the teams, the, the players cared because especially the guys who were in playoff chases, they cared. They wanted to win the game so that if they made the World Series, they'd have home field advantage. Now, I, I understand from a logical, non-emotional perspective, it's better to give the team with the better record home field because it just makes sense, right? It's, it's, a, it's a gift for having a good season. But in terms of the all-star game, I thought it worked. And now I'm not so sure it's going to be interesting in the same way anymore because what are they playing for? Nothing? <laughs> Fun? Playing for some funsies? Yeah. No. Yeah. I, so I don't know. I, I liked that, and I'm, I'm sad that that's going away. No, it... it it was the best all-star weekend of the three major sports. NBA, I would say, used to back when you had the best players in the dunk competition. I still think the three-point competition still fun to watch. You still have guys like Steph and KD and Dirk going out there and competing in it. Um, every year you have major names competing in that. But the dunk contest, for some reason, players have stopped uh, participating in that and it's kind of ruined all-star weekend for the nba you're not really interested in anything else you know you just it that's what buoyed the whole weekend and is gone and as long as major league baseball still is getting the best home run hitters in the home run derby i think that's still going to keep it alive but i i'm with you i thought it really kept the intrigue and the suspense of the all-star game in play it it really made it interesting now i can understand where um truest of the sport didn't like it or people say there's an unfair advantage there in the fact that every team has to be represented in the all-star game so you might not have actual all-stars on on the teams yeah so that's frustrating that there's so much on the line and you don't have all the true all-stars in the game but uh, to, as far as 
something to watch. It makes it so much better to watch when there's something on the line. Well, and this year, too, we had a lot of Sunday starters who are getting replaced, guys who are starting today, and they will not be pitching in two days in the All-Star game. They include Clayton Kershaw and uh, a lot of other really big names. So you're losing a lot of the big pitchers as well. So now the game doesn't matter. And you lost a lot of guys for injury or for Sunday starts, and now it's just not quite as interesting. So the home run derby is good, right? I'm interested in that. I think a lot of people will discover Aaron Judge and Cody Bellinger tomorrow when they watch the home run derby, two of the great young power hitters in the game. But the All-Star game, I think, is going to lose some of its luster. So it's kind of a plus or minus weekend for Major League Baseball. I still think it's the best All-Star game, but now it's lost that extra edge that I think gave it gave it that extra bit of fun. Uh, when you got into the all-star week. All right, coming up next, hate it to love it. We do it every single Sunday at 1030. Jesse poses questions and we either hate or love it. But first, Jesse has a sports interrupting. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 10.36 here on your Sunday morning. Mike Lynch here. Rashad Taylor out today. He is sick. Jesse is still in the house. And that music means it is time for Hate It or Love It. So, Jesse, go ahead and get us started. Well, we've talked a lot of Blazers, a lot of NBA. Why change that now? Okay. All right. I understand there's not a lot else going on. So. No. They, I mean, <laughs> I'm really going to be reaching today, so I apologize that these are not good love or hate it well hey sometimes reaching makes for the most interesting ones because none of us are prepared and we have to really think on the spot well this one's not too much of a reach i think we've kind of talked about this before but not really since there's been so many changes uh this offseason we've had so much so many defections from the east to the west trades from the east to the west that now the east as there used to be a discrepancy is now a true discrepancy between the east and the west so there's going to be a couple based on that in today's um hate it or love it we're going to start with portland trailblazers and we've said for a couple years dame keeps getting snubbed for the all-star game now we've also said that dame is going to continue getting snubbed for the all-star game with the recent defections i'm going to go ahead and say dame won't come close to an all-star team for the next three years, love or hate? Whoa, three years. Um, I'll hate it just because I feel like if if he keeps improving, like we talked about a little bit earlier in the show, then he'll surpass some of the point guards that are now in the Western Conference. And we're also seeing age is possibly a factor here. I know Chris Paul makes it. Oh, I'm getting points. All right. Uh, Chris Paul has um i know he's he's still good and he makes it every year but chris paul's getting older and chris paul moving to the rockets means he'll get a little bit less uh a little bit less time a little bit less touches as james harden will control the ball a little bit too so that might help um i just don't i don't see damian lillard just plateauing at the level he plays at because there's always room to grow. And we've seen him grow over the last few years into a better point guard, into a better player. And I think we're going to continue to see that. So will it be hard for him to make the All-Star game every year? Of course, because the West is going to be filled with players. But will he not even sniff it? No. I think he might be named by a, as a reserve by the coaches. I don't know if he'll ever be a starter because it's all fan-based. But um, I, I think we'll see him close. So uh, I hate that he won't sniff it for the next three years. All right. Well, we'll stick with that theme here. Um once again, 
how lopsided it is in the West over the East as far as talent is absolutely ridiculous. You um, literally the you you can make two teams of all stars in the West, but you can't make a team in the East of all stars based on what we've actually had as far as players making the all star team. With that right. being said, if you sent the second best all star team from the West, all right, not. Not the first all-star team, the ones that actually would be going. If you were if you were to go, okay, this all-star team gets a break. They actually don't go play during all-star team. This team goes from the West. They would actually beat the real all-star team from the East. All right. It's going to be hard to do on the fly. So in the East, the all-star team would be LeBron James as one of the forward positions, right? Mm-hmm. You would probably have guards being Kyrie Irving, mm-hmm. DeMar DeRozan, maybe. Okay. Uh, or Isaiah Thomas, Isaiah I guess. Isaiah Thomas, yep. Um, your center, your big man would probably be Joel Embiid. <laughs> That's what I came up with. Right? Um, or maybe Jonas Valanciunas from the Raptors if you want to go a little bit more more rare. Or, I mean, if Marcus Gasol gets traded to the Celtics, which has been discussed, then yep. it would be him. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't know, who, the other, who, the, who would be the other forward? Uh Kevin Love or Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward, maybe, although he's more of a guard position. Uh, yeah. But you could all play all around there, I guess. Uh, so that would be your all-star team, right? I'm sure we're forgetting somebody, but again, Love. off, off Kevin the top Love, of my there head. There we go. Power um, forward. Yeah, that's, I, I mentioned him. Yeah. The second team in the West, it would be what? Like Draymond Green and Clay Thompson, maybe. Uh, you could put. This is so hard because there's so many good players. Who is the other big? Who are going to be the big men? It could be Carl Anthony Towns. It, it could, could be, be or Anthony Davis. or Anthony Davis or. I'm assuming James Harden makes the first team, right? Mm-hmm. I'm assuming Steph Curry makes the first team. Mm-hmm. That'll leave you Dame or Mike Conley as a guard. That'll leave you with Carl Anthony Towns and Jimmy Butler is now going to be there. You know what? I'm going to say hate. I still think the Eastern team would beat the second Western team just because you would lose the like the top of the top players and you'd still be playing LeBron James and a couple of really good guards. Sorry for the delay of that. It's, it's hard to think about the top of your head, but um, I, I think the East team would still win. I think it would because as, as much as the West is going to be that much better than the East next year, it's not like the East lost all of its best players. I know Paul, and we forgot about Paul George is in Oklahoma City, so Paul George would go over to the second team probably as well. Um, I understand that, it, that that it'd be it's it's going to be much better, but the All Star team still means the five best players, and I still think there are five top of the line players in the East. So I will say, hey, I mean, you still got Kawhi Leonard, you still got Lamarcus Aldridge, you still have um, Blake Griffin. You well, know, so I mean, like, in, in I mean, my head, I'm thinking Steph, Russell Westbrook, maybe James Harden, although he might be on the second team. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, you're right, is one. Paul George is one. The bigs are the interesting. Like it'd be Anthony Davis probably, right? So the second team would be some combination of Harden with Cat with uh, Paul George and the guys I met. Like it'd be some combination of that. It'd be really good. I just think the East team might be a little better. The East team would have by far the best player. Yep. I would say they probably have the best two players with Irving and LeBron. And then I would say the West has the more consistently – Oh, top talent. We forgot about Giannis Antetokounmpo as well in oh, the East. Yep, yep. You got the Greek freak. Uh, John yep. Wall as well. Mm-hmm. Although I don't know if he'd be a starter, but you know, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's definitely there's definitely still talent there. And of course, I'm forgetting Durant. Duh. 
That's the it's it's trust me, guys. It's hard off the top of your head when you're just thinking of all these guys. But yeah, Durant would be first team, which would probably push Kawhi Leonard to the second team. <laughs> and and yeah, and then you're, you're going to be looking at either Westbrook or Harden on the second team. I'm still counting on the East to win that game. It'd still be it'd be closer because I'm an idiot because I'm forgetting major players in the West. But I'm still counting the East. It's team. closer than you would like to think, isn't it? Like yeah, it is. It is. It is. All right. Um, Let's do a little bit of football fantasy. Ooh. Yeah. It's, My draft date got set this week, and I realized that it's a month and a half away, and it's way too soon. Ah, uh, yes. I've, I've kind of started doing my – well, actually, let's let's be honest. I started prepping back in February for my draft. So, of course you did. Um, there, There's a, a lot of interesting players, um, some that came on, some that weren't quite consistent. The – um, are kind of lead, uh, going up the, the draft board from last year, one of them being uh, a rookie last year for a really bad team, that being the Chicago Bears and Jordan Howard. Now, Jordan Howard has a really high ceiling, um, but he also plays for the Bears. Um, the Bears. The Bears. Um, a lot of people have him going as a top 15 pick in uh, fantasy drafts right now. Love or hate Jordan Howard for the Bears should be a top 15 fantasy pick. Man, Jesse, I, <laughs> I haven't looked at all. <laughs> um, all right, let me. Got to get you ready. You're only a month and a half away from your draft. I know, I know. Uh, interesting question. I see him right here. I just I pulled up the first list, top 200 PPR. He is at exactly number 15. Um, I'll say hate because I don't trust the Bears and I don't trust their team at all. And I understand he'll probably be the best player on the team next year, but being a best player in a bad team does not want, make me want to pick you in the top 15 in the, in the in a fantasy football draft. I want a great player on a good team because that team is going to score. They're going to be a sound offensive team. And they're going to be a team that's going to get you consistent points if you're that player. So I, I would want to I would want to take a guy like. DeMarco Murray over Jordan Howard or DeAndre Hopkins even over Jordan Howard. Um, I know that they're ranked a little bit lower. I'm just looking at this list here. Below him, directly below Jordan Howard are Des Bryant, DeMarco Murray, Jay Ajayi, Amari Cooper, Rob Gronkowski, Lamar Miller. I would take Miller over him. I might even take Ajayi over him. Uh, it's, it, I'm sure he'll be great. It's just the trust factor. I got to trust the guy before I draft him that high. And that's kind of a hard thing to do when you are on a team like the Bears. I'm assuming you agree with you're giving me a lot of likes there. Yeah, I, I you know, I like Jordan Howard a lot, but I'm, I'm one of those guys where as, as much improved as that defense has been under John Fox, because John Fox's teams compete and they play on the defensive side of the ball. This is going to be a team that one, you have Glennon, you, you know, you don't even know who your starting quarterback is going to be at the end of the season. Um, they're going to be, getting blown out in games. They're going to be games where they just have to start passing the ball and forget the run. And that's not something that you want consistently out of a, you know, out of a running back where they forget about them because, you know, they just, they have to try to get back in the game. So I don't like him as a top 15 pick. You give him the third, fourth round. Now I'm really liking his value. That's interesting. Um, was that your last one there? I have more, but I figure we should. Yeah, we'll break. Yeah. I, I kind of, I'm curious about this. And I kind of want to tie it into a little football in the last segment. Um, what team 
that is supposed to be really bad do we think might be better than really bad? That doesn't mean they're going to be good. Just a team that's not going to be bottom of the barrel like we think. Let's 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 think on that in the break and discuss it next. Uh, and by the way, I just want to throw this out there. Yay, I won by myself. Hey, hey, Rashad <laughs> takes his victories with great well, stride when you're gone. <laughs> look, it's okay. I, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the bigger man. And it's you know I'm not gonna take the win because Rashad's not here. There's no there was no competition. It was just me. I just wanted to throw this out there. I just saw this. Top of the first inning still, by the way. The Pirates are leading the Cubs 10 to nothing <laughs> in the top of the first inning. Just after I read an article about how they have the worst, like, world championship hangover in, like, history. John Lester, two-thirds of an inning, already taken out of the game. Six hits, ten runs, only four earned, so a couple of errors. <laughs> Three walks, including a Francisco Cervelli grand slam in the first inning. And it's still, the inning's not over yet, so, you know, things can still be happening. All right, coming up next... A little NFL talk because we talked a lot of basketball the last few weeks. This is Sports Sunday on The Fan. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. I want to throw in some NFL here as we uh, wrap up the show today. I was looking at the standings, and we, we discussed the, the the Bears being a bad team, right? And I was looking at the standings, and there was actually only a couple of really, truly bad teams last year. Obviously, you had the Browns, who went 1-15, almost went uh, winless. You had the Jaguars, who went 3-13. and You had the Bears, who went 3-13. and And then you had the Niners and the Rams, who had 2-4 and four wins, respectively. Beyond that, there weren't really any terrible teams. And, I, I mean... Saying that, that's already like five or six teams that were really bad. But you had a lot of competition in the NFL last year. You had a lot of parity in the NFL last year. And looking at it, outside of the Jets, who are going to fall into the clearly the worst team in the NFL this year because they're trying to be, because they want Sam Darnold, even though we're not sure if he's going to be coming back or not. Um, he said he wants to stay at USC for two years, which would just blow a hole in the entire Jets tanking for a great quarterback plan. Um, you're going to start to see some little improvements from all of them. Like the Browns shouldn't be as bad as one in 15. Uh, the bears, I think the bears might still be pretty bad th this year, but I think the Niners and the Rams should show a little improvement. So for the question I asked of what teams that's supposed to be bad is going to be better than you thought. I think kind of all of them will be a little bit better. I don't think any of them are going to take this giant step, but I think one team, actually there's two teams I looked at that I, I'm curious to see how they're going to recover. And that's the chargers and the Bengals. The Bengals were top of the AFC North for a couple of years, challenging with the Steelers and the Ravens, were really good, an exciting team, but they were not good last year. They were six, nine and one, and they had a lot of injuries, but they've also had a lot of talent, as Jesse mentioned in the break to me there. They had a lot of talent poached from them. A lot of their guys have been signed away from them. A lot of their coaches have been poached. And uh -huh. as you've seen coordinators leave, you found out that Marvin Lewis is not that well, we already knew it, but you're remembering that Marvin Lewis is not that great of a coach. A lot of it had to do with having uh, Mike Zimmer there and having um, Gruden there and having guys who were good coordinators that kind of helped buoy the team. I don't know how they're going to do this year. They're, in they're an interesting team to me, and it's because I love A.J. Green and I love uh, the running back situation, having a good two-headed monster of Jeremy Hill and Giovanni Bernard. But beyond Green and Neifert, who might not even be healthy again, Dalton has nobody to throw to. And 
Yeah, Their defense isn't as good anymore. Your number two is a rookie. I, I'm not as high on the one-two punch at running back. I don't th- think Jeremy Hill's very good outside of his, you know, solid rookie campaign. He hasn't been good the last two seasons. Giovanni Bernard, you know, he got hurt last year, and he's not a really big bruising back. So there's there's injury questions there. There's a lot of questions with the Bengals now. They had a they had their window, and that window is closed. And now they're kind of like, how do we get that window back open? Um, Cleveland, I think, is going to be much improved. I think you're going to find that um, you have good coaching there. Um, the talent's getting better. They have a solid offensive line. I I don't obviously think that they necessarily have the answer at quarterback this season. Um, they're talking about rolling out Brock Osweiler. We've seen that show already. Uh, but they're <laughs> but he's be improved, better. Jesse. He's better than he was in Houston. Come on. Hey, man, uh, he's supposed to have a quarterback whisper in his ear now. So although he was in Houston as well. So I, I don't know. I uh, The Jags I'm interested in. Once again, they've burned me the last couple of years. But I'm they, done picking the Jags. They just at, at least they have a kind of a new regime now. Um, they, they got a new president. They got a new coaching staff. I think. You know, it. This is the last year. Bortles, this is it. This is it. You got too much talent there, not to be good. Not to at least try to make a wild card appearance here. Well, the AFC South all of a sudden actually looks like a, a good conference or good yeah, division. They're so. gonna have to fight. Like I think the Titans right now are the class of that division. I think so too. The Titans look really dangerous. Um, the one team I want to throw out there, we got we got to get going, is the Chargers. The Chargers had a bad year last year. Of course, injuries affected them, but you get Phillip Rivers, who I still think is a very good quarterback. You've got another full year of Melvin Gordon. You drafted Mike Williams, who is one of the top receivers in the draft, despite his injury early on in, in the OTAs that they had. But uh, Keenan Allen may be healthy, but even if he's not, you got Travis Benjamin, Tyra Williams, Dontrell Linman, all guys who had a lot of good years last year. You still got Antonio Gates somehow. Um, and you've got a now healthier offensive line plus you drafted two offensive linemen and your defense should be better i kind of like the chargers this year too to have, uh, a, to have an improved year i don't believe they'll ever stay healthy that that team's just been every year how many how many years have we been like oh my god this is the chargers years like like they, like they, three years in a row they've had crippling injuries crippling injuries they always have cri- crippling injuries they're always you know a solid roster that uh underperforms and i I just don't believe in them. Now they have a lot of talent that that division's wicked, wicked strong, but I don't, I don't think the, the chargers make it. They just, you know, Philip rivers is getting older. I don't trust Keenan Allen. Now, now Melvin Gordon, there's an interesting guy. Do I, we got to go. Yeah. Mel- we can talk about it next week. All right. Yeah. Melvin Gordon. That, that's their key. That's their key right there. You keep him healthy. They, they have a chance. That's going to do it for us today. Thanks so much for hanging out and listening and texting on the Bridgeport Bears text line. Find us on Twitter at 1080thefan. I'm at Mike Lynch 27 You can follow me there. And Jesse's at Jesse Osman, A-S-Z-M-A-N. Uh, Rashad, who's out today, is at TaylorMade503. Wish him well. He went to the urgent care. He texted us, so uh, he should hopefully be back next week. And uh, enjoy the beautiful week ahead. It looks like it's going to be mild and sunny and gorgeous. And true summer is here, and we all love it, and it's great. And enjoy it. And have a great rest of your Sunday. gave me the nicest longest piece of meat Mm. Mm. so good
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.